Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 69 is entitled, Testimony, A Late Easter Message. Yesterday, Linda and I went to Dollywood to hear our favorite gospel singers, the Kingdom Heirs. It was cold and windy on the mountain, but the theater was warm and the Kingdom Heirs did not disappoint us. After Dollywood, we went to our favorite restaurant in Pigeon Forge, the mill. After dinner, we traveled a long way back to our cabin. I scanned the two FM stations on my car radio, searching for Fox News. Unsuccessful, I tried to find music. I listened for country and western or golden oldies, but found nothing but screeching and caterwauling. It was painful. I wear hearing aids, and screeching is intolerable, so I asked Linda to use Pandora to find my other favorite gospel singing group, the Gaither family. The music was so much better. The songs had real words that I could understand, and the voices blend in beautifully. We listened to gospel music until the tall mountains near our cabin cut out the signal. Linda and I watched an old western on YouTube starring Randolph Scott. It ended at nine, our bedtime. Linda, whom I call my little electron because she is never still, never in the same place, leaves my presence in the middle of a sentence and never quits working until she is exhausted, falls asleep instantly. I am more like a sloth and few schedules in multitasking with abhorrence. However, I must also go to bed at 9 if I want to get up at 4 a.m., my favorite hour of the day. It is then that I write these podcasts. But at about 1.30 a.m., I sat up in bed wide awake. That's not unusual. I seldom sleep through the night unbroken. I usually play spider solitaire on my iPad until I fall back asleep. Tonight, I didn't. My mind was racing. After spending hours during the day, not a daily habit, listening to gospel music, reminded me of Christ in many different voices, I asked myself, what is a testimony? Those gospel singers bore their testimony of Christ in their own way through the talents that God gave them. But I wanted to know what a testimony was. I could not go back to sleep until I had worked it out in my mind. This podcast is from that experience. I have always been preternaturally analytical. It is my nature. I carry on very long conversations with myself. I break things down and put them back together, especially concepts that interest me. I love words. I love dictionaries and thesauruses. Rodell's Word Finder is my favorite reference book. But this time I had no reference book to direct my thoughts. As usual, I had only my thoughts. But during those late hours, five words immediately came to mind, all connected to testimony of Christ. Those words were light, truth, law, knowledge, and wisdom. My synonym finder gives the following synonyms for testify. Attest, witness, offer evidence, certify, confirm, bear out, validate, authenticate, sustain, uphold, vindicate, endorse, vouch for, stand behind, allege, give one solemn word, assure, affirm, declare, assert, profess, avow, acknowledge, proclaim. Useful, but they do not answer my question. What is a testimony? Is there a difference between what a testimony is and what a testimony does? Obviously, I say yes. I want to talk about what a testimony is, what it is made of, and by that, we may know how to obtain one. Obviously, a testimony can have any number of reference. 
courts are very familiar with eyewitness testimonies. I am speaking solely of a testimony of the divinity of Jesus Christ. Of course, there are some, such as Paul, who have seen the risen Lord. Paul said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them that journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Acts 26, 12-18 Such a vision occurs only to a fortunate few. They are generally called prophets. The rest of us must find him another way, not the least of which is through the testimony of true prophets such as Paul. I am addressing this podcast to those Christians such as myself who must work out their testimony without the aid of dreams or visions, but I shall narrow my audience further. I am speaking directly to Christians who already have a testimony of Christ. It is my claim that a strong testimony must have the five elements listed above. I didn't include faith because I see faith as a category by itself. Faith is a prerequisite to having a testimony of Christ. Faith is a kind of leap into the dark. Faith is the beginning of a testimony of Christ. The journey is from faith to knowledge, and for some it is often a very long journey. Paul's testimony appears to have begun with knowledge. By his own admission, he was on the road to Damascus to destroy others' faith in Christ. He said to King Agrippa, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Acts 26, 9-11 All Christians, I suppose, are grateful for Paul's conversion, but especially the Christians of Paul's time. But to the task at hand, what do truth, light, law, knowledge, and wisdom have to do with a testimony of Jesus Christ? I assert that all are necessary to have a testimony of Jesus Christ, but none alone are sufficient. If one attribute is missing, we face several dangers. One, the danger of taking our testimony of Christ for granted, therefore not allowing it to grow. Two, the danger of letting our testimony slide till it becomes inert. And three, the danger of losing our testimony altogether when faced with stress. Arguments of science and philosophy, atheistic trends in the world, strong adversity, and so on. Never in the history of the world, I think, is there a greater need to strengthen our testimony of Jesus Christ. 
the role of colleges and universities today is to attack Christianity and grind out atheists. Their goal is to turn Christians into atheists and to turn believers into agnostics. They think they are doing the world a favor, and they are becoming very effective. Atheism is on the rise. My goal is to stem that trend and invite all Christians to analyze their own testimony of Christ and look for ways to strengthen it. As Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeing whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make ye perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. First Peter 5, 8-10 I apply Mill's methods to everything, even Christianity. It is a habit. First, of course, I must come up with a working definition of each of the five attributes. I have asked Linda to play the part of our listeners. She will ask the questions. What is truth? We all know what truth is in an abstract way. I love Keats' famous lines in his poem, Ode on a Grecian Urn. When old age shall this generation waste, thou shalt remain in midst of other woe than ours, a friend to man, to whom thou sayest, Beauty is truth, truth beauty. That is all ye need on earth and all ye need to know. I'll let you figure out what the genius Keats meant. As Christians, we need a good working definition. First, in seeking a definition of truth, we must deal with absolutes. In our melting world, facts are not truth. Water, for example, may one minute be a liquid, another a solid, and still another a gas. Which one is truth? Theoretically, Keats' Grecian urn never has a metamorphosis. It is frozen in time forever. The characters are frozen in time. Nature is frozen in time. Fair youth, beneath the trees thou canst not leave thy song, nor ever can those trees be bare. Bold lover, never, never cast thou kiss. Though winning near the goal yet, do not grieve. She cannot fade, though thou hast not thy bliss. Forever wilt thou love, and she be fair. But we live in a melting world where nothing is exactly alike, and nothing remains the same. The joy in Keats' poem in the natural world cannot last. Truth lasts, but it cannot be frozen in time. It must be eternal in nature, making the past, present, and future all one. That is the difference between the spiritual world of God and the natural world of man. God lives in eternity. We live in a disappearing world. Truth, then, is as eternal as God. It is by nature spiritual. What is light? Even science can only give a partial answer of temporal light. The light I speak of is spiritual. Light and truth, of course, are synonymous, but they are not exactly the same. When Paul described the resurrected Lord, he said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me. In other words, Christ was brighter than the noonday sun, which is the sun at its brightest. We cannot comprehend such a light. John the Revelator, who also saw the risen Lord, describes him in a similar way. 
His countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Revelation 1.16 The scriptures have much to say about light. The Lord is my light. Psalms 27.1 In thy light shall we see light. Psalms 36.9 Send out thy light and thy truth. Psalms 43.3 Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 2.5 Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light. Isaiah 60.19 Light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. Daniel 5.14 I sit in darkness. The Lord shall be a light. Micah 7.8 Light is come into the world and men love darkness. John 3.19 I am the light of the world. John 8.12 Ye were all the children of light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 Cometh down from the Father of lights. James 1.17 Called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9 God is light. 1 John 1.5 Clearly, the scriptures are talking about a spiritual light. Notice the beginning and ending. The Lord is my light, and God is light. Truth deals with knowledge. Light deals with full comprehension. We see with spiritual eyes rather than temporal eyes. It is the light of Christ, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the revelations of God. It is pure comprehension. Proverbs 4.18 is one of my favorite scriptures. Notice the use of the word perfection. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Proverbs four eighteen through 19 The perfect day is when we have received all light. What is law? I confess that law is my favorite subject. All laws of God are absolute. There is the law of justice, which is unconditional. All laws must obey the law of justice. There is the law of mercy, which is subject to the conditions placed upon it by the law of justice. Those conditions are defined by the commandments of God. There is the law of nature, which, like the law of justice, must be obeyed. The law of mercy and the laws of nature, subject to the law of justice, both have conditions. If we meet the conditions of law, we will enjoy the blessings. If we do not meet the conditions of law, we will suffer the consequences. Both are subject to the principle of causality, thus giving us free will, freedom, agency, and liberty. Obedience to law is the cause of all blessings. Remember that faith is a law. What is knowledge? We are infinite beings, but we live in a finite world. Knowledge refers to the extent of our understanding of eternal truth. God has infinite knowledge, therefore he is omniscient. We live in uncertainty. We bring more certainty into our life by increasing in knowledge, particularly as we increase in knowledge of light, truth, and law. Our world is both temporal and spiritual. Both worlds are governed by a complete set of laws. That is why we study science and the Holy Scriptures. One we discover by inductive and deductive reasoning, the other by study, faith, and revelation. What is wisdom? 
Wisdom is knowledge leavened by experience. We were sent to earth to gain experience. In heaven, we were spirits. Only by coming to earth to gain a body could we have experience in understanding the difference between good and evil. In the book of Genesis, Moses says a very peculiar thing. Speaking of the fall, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. Genesis 3.22 To have agency, we must know the difference between good and evil. We gather from Moses that God is the quintessential free agent. Now, of course, I must pull this together. The five attributes are necessary for a full testimony of Jesus Christ. Light can only come through the Spirit of Christ or the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul records, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38 One of the purposes of earth life is to gain a knowledge of good and evil. We discern good from evil through the Spirit of God. We can only learn through opposites. We know good because we know evil. We know Christ because we understand Satan. Knowledge deals with the mortal world and the immortal world. One is temporal knowledge, the other is spiritual knowledge. To understand how both dimensions work, we must understand law. The laws of nature teach us how to live in a temporal world. The laws of God teach us how to achieve and to live in eternity. This world is a university where we learn all that is necessary to become godlike. Christ is the only true model of good. Satan is the only true model of evil. We choose whom we will follow and whom we want to be like. We can understand Christ in no other way. John tells us, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whomsoever committeth sin transgresseth against the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 3, 1-4 The only way we can gain wisdom is through experience. To have a testimony of Christ, one must know Christ. To know Christ, we must know his attributes. How can you have a testimony of Christ without the Spirit of God in you? How can you know truth without light? How can you be placed on the path of the just, which is as a shining light? that shineth more and more unto the perfect day, unless you obey the laws of Christ. How can you obey the laws of Christ without knowledge? How can you gain wisdom from knowledge without experience? When I was a child, I purchased a small kit that contained long leather straps, very thin and very narrow, of different colors. The object was to weave those leather straps together to form a bracelet. Individually, the straps could be broken by hand. Woven together, they could not be broken by hand. Consider each of the attributes above as one of those leather straps. When all five are woven together, you will have a testimony of Christ that can endure all the fiery darts of the adversary. In this life, it is never a fate accomplished. It is never finished. 
daily prayer, daily scripture study, daily repentance, and daily striving to obey the commandments of Christ are part of the price we must pay. And even when we do everything we can, it still isn't enough. That is where the atonement of Christ comes in. We all know too well that we are imperfect creatures living in an uncertain world. Peter gave a name to it. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. First Peter 1, 6-9 Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at ronaldmesser.com.